0: Overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony and by the power of the blood. And when you share your testimony, it is a vote, a voice of praise that Satan's entities hate. They hate it when a positive word comes from your mouth. They hate it when a word of blessing comes from your mouth. They hate it when you're by yourself and you turn the radio on. And you get lost with God driving down the road. They hate it when you vacuum the rug, singing in tongues. The enemy hates that. They hate your praise. The enemy can shut you up. He will. When Job went through his uh, ordeal, the first thing the enemy did was he took everything that Job sacrificed to God in praise and worship. If the enemy could, he'll mess with the sound system. He'll mess with the. He'll mess in every area of your life to maybe cause you to get disfocused to get. Not, not really aware of what's going on, but your words have power and your words have authority. And when you begin to praise God or praise to, praise to one another about the things that God has done for you, that is your testimony, and that testimony, aren't you glad this morning, is covered by the power of the blood. That old things are passed away, all things are become new, that all of the mistakes of yesterday, they are a done deal and that's what God does in the power of praise. Something I saw this morning, I believe it was in Exodus 19 and uh, 19 and 3, where Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may worship me. And I learned this morning and that was kind of a new, a new thought to me as I was preparing that worship brings freedom. Freedom brings worship. And there's a reason why we praise Him. There's a reason why we worship Him. When God created Adam and Eve and restored the world, created Adam and Eve, and the only requirements that Adam, Adam and Eve had to God was in the cool of the evening to hang out with God. That was the reason that Adam and Eve were created. Of course, God used them to name all the animals. And can you imagine the mental capacity that they had to name all the animals? They probably named the different flowers, the different different insects, and uh, but every day God looked for them to be with Him in the cool of the evening. The Bible says the Spirit of God walked with them. And how crazy would that be to be able any time of day to walk with the Lord, to hear His voice, to feel His love, to know His embrace. And we are a spoiled people. And a lot of times we take for granted the ability to come together. There was a season in my life younger I remember we went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. I know none of you can relate to going to church four times a week, but it was like always there was an opportunity to sing a chorus. or just. And the Bible says that Jesus sang a hymn, Jesus sang a chorus, that G, the life of Jesus uh, was, was filled with praise and worship to God. And I wonder if there would be any way we could get the voice of Jesus on a CD how powerful that would be. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be neat to hear Jesus? Well, Hebrews 2 and 12 says that when we get together, he joins us and helps us sing praises to the Father. So this morning, the Lord has walked up and down our aisle in the time of in time of ministry. I believe God has touched us and healed us. And the Bible says, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth you know shall set you free. The truth you know shall set you free. So you have a voice and watching. Obviously, yesterday, arriving the last minutes of the game, bringing also some kind of power because Tennessee was losing when I got there, and we sat down. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Tennessee fan. Uh, I had the privilege of meeting not just Herschel Walker but Vince Dooley. I was the guy that asked Herschel Walker, Steve. This will interest you uh, when I met Herschel Walker in the in the locker room of the Georgia Bulldogs and met Vince Dooley. At that time, Virg, uh, Herschel Walker was carrying the ball 15, 20 yards every time he got it, and I asked him. I said, "Herschel, how is it that uh, you carry that football 10, 15 yards every time you get it?" And he didn't even hesitate. He just looked, and here's what he said. He said, "Preacher, that football's not heavy." And a sports writer was there in the locker room, and they put that in their in their insert. That Herschel Walker said that football wasn't heavy. They didn't give me credit, so I'm taking credit for it now. <laughs> Herschel Walker ignored the fact that there were 11 guys on the other side of the field that wanted to take him down take him out wanted to hurt him wanted to put him out of commission he ignored all of that he had a purpose he had a destiny and he did it about as well as anybody else has ever done it but last night when I got to the I got to the game we were listing uh, coming in the back road uh, Austin lives out in Ethiopia somewhere we were headed trying to make sure we didn't miss the driveway, found the driveway, found a bunch of Vol fans. And I want to honor Angel's not here, but what a good sport. Angel was a, Angel was a good sport. Because Angel cheers for the Bulldogs, I try to cheer for the Bulldogs. But yesterday the tide was turned and I was cheering for Tennessee. And as you watch the game, the final minutes, the score changed, I think, three or four times. I Facebooked today that I said this. I said, it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. You never know which direction the football is going to bounce. You never know what's going to happen. But I want you to know that God is in control in your life, and you may feel like it's dark, dismal, frustrating. You may feel like a hamster in a cage is going around and around and around, and you work from paycheck to paycheck, and you rob Peter to pay Paul, and the transmission falls out. We have mechanic Jay Dennison is our church mechanic. He's awesome. If you have any problems, take it to him. He'll fix it. But it's frustrating to pay money out for car repair or pay or hot water heater. Can anybody relate? It seems like every day there's like a new thing, and it's not necessarily a good thing. But notice what David says in Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Do I have a friend in the house? And then what does it say? What does he do? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Look at some say good things, so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle. I was looking this morning at just the benefits of the Lord, where David said, make sure whatever you do, don't forget the benefits of the Lord. And as there are five benefits there that are listed. I want to talk a little bit about those benefits. When you, when, you, when you thank the Lord and you forget not all his benefits, that word means all the things that he applies towards you for you to have, for you to receive. And it starts off out automatically by forgiving all your iniquities, not just a few, not just one or two, but all. Every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you will commit every time you drop the ball, God has forgiven you because of the liquid paper of the blood of his son that washes your mistakes, washes your failures, and it's a brand new, brand new day. Yesterday, Gene showed me he had a a dry chalkboard given to them as four by eight. And that that chalkboard is completely white. There's nothing on it. And that's our life. That's the way that we start out, clean and pure, E. B. said, before my Lord. I stand, not one blemish in me does he see. Then we wake up and then things start going wrong and we start writing things on the chalkboard that are not necessarily holy, they're not necessarily godly, but they sure are gut level true. And what is so also, no matter how overwhelmed we get and we write things on the board, when we remind God, of Psalm 103, verse one, Lord, you forgive all my iniquities. God takes His hand and wipes that dry board clean, and you look at it, and there it is—the opportunity to start all day, start the day all over again. I remember several times in life, I got what was called an edge sketch for. Christmas or birthday. It was just kinda how many had gets growing up. You actually had one. Anyway, I was never ever any good. I mean, I couldn't do the words. I couldn't do the I mean, it was even a, a little book that came with it to show you how to do little things. And did anybody ever master it? Wave at me if you master. I never mastered but you know what's nice about it. I could flip it upside down and shake it real good and turn it right back up and it'd be clean. Some of you just need to be turned upside down, shaken real good. <laughs> And remind, being reminded what God has done for you. The second thing that God says, and I wanted Nicole to be here today because we were going to pray uh, uh, for her back. But it says He healeth all thy diseases. There are 39 major diseases. 400 years. We were talking yesterday about this. 400 years, Jerry, before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied that by His stripes you're healed. 400 years earlier. And then Peter and first Peter looks back at the cross and says, by his stripes, you are here are healed. So there's the past tense of being healed and there's the present tense of being healed. Day before yesterday, Jay had a severe uh, toothache and was put put into a lot of pain in Advil. And Gene reached over and laid hands on him. And Jay said he felt like a tingling, like a like a. And God, God touch, God cares about a bad tooth. God cares about an ingrown toenail. God call, God cares about anything that's causing you discomfort. He heals all of those things in our life. My mom's at a place right now where the cancer has returned to her body. It's approaching her lungs. They're doing a new chemo that they haven't done before. But I looked at mom day before yesterday. Al came in for the day. We went and prayed for. Her. And I looked at mom and I said, You know what? You've been here before. You've been here before. You've got a negative report before. And if God can heal you once, God can certainly heal you again. I said, Mom, I'm going to start prophetically praising God in advance for your healing. And that's every morning that's what I've been praying. God, I thank you for healing my mom. I thank you for touching her body. I thank you for extending years on her life. And that's the power of praise and the power that we have when we look at the benefits that God has blessed us with. Not only has he forgiven all of our iniquities and healed All our diseases, but he redeemeth our life from destruction. Do I have a friend in the building that would say, if I was allowed to continue on the course that I was on, I would be living in destruction? How many say, if God had not turned things around for me, I would be in jail, I would be in prison, I would be in the hospital, I would have a handicap, I would have wore out my body, tore up with drugs and alcohol. Do I have a friend in the house? He redeems your life from destruction. Most of you are too young to remember blue chip stamps, and you're too young to remember green chip stamps. But there was a generation that when you went to the grocery store, you, got, you got bought groceries, they gave you back a bunch of stamps. You got a book, you filled them up, and when you had a full book or two, you could go to a redemption center, and you could take those stamps, and you could redeem them for some type of gift. Some type of some type of prize. Let me tell you something. You can bottle up your mistakes. You can bottle up your failures. You can bottle up your cares. You can bottle up your troubles, your, your depression, and you can take it to God, and He will give you joy for your ashes, beauty in the, in the spirit of holiness. That's what God does. He redeems your life from destruction, and then He goes on to say, He crowns you with two crowns: the crown of loving kindness and the crown of tender mercy. Uh, Jacqueline is not here today, but I watched her yesterday as she was holding Lexi. Is that what we're going to call her? We're going to call her yes. Lexi. We're going to call her Lexi. She was holding Lexi, and you could just feel, you just feel the love and the compassion oozing over from a mom to her baby. Now she has three in diapers. I don't know how long that love oozing over will take place, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a desire of God to put you in His spiritual lap. Hug on you, love on you. I noticed this morning when I when I arrived, both grandbabies came. Had to get my lap. That just that's the way your God rolls. When your God walks into the room, if you're drawn to Him and you get up in His lap, there's no telling what He's liable to do for you or make possible for you. And coming coming from dropping Christine off this morning to the to the house, I had this wild idea, and I no, I don't know this biblical, I don't know that it's spiritual, but it blessed me. And driving down the road headed towards the house, I said, you know God. God, today, I just want to encourage you. you are doing such a great job. Don't get distracted. Don't get frustrated. You're doing good, God. I just want to. And you know what? Something, something. Oh, I thought it was the God, but it was a holy. The air conditioning came on. But for a moment, I thought I felt like the breeze of God, like Adam and Eve in the garden where God was blessed. And I, And I thought to myself, how cool is that for you? I mean, he really doesn't need any encouragement. He doesn't need, but something happens when we bless him and something happens when we we worship him. There's a freedom that comes in our heart and spirit that things really aren't as bad as they seem. Do I have a friend in the house? And when you make up your mind, I'm hurt, I'm wounded, I'm frustrated, but I'm going to praise the Lord. He comes, he blesses you, usually heals and restores and turn things around and bring things into your life. When I think of tender mercies, I, I just, again, you can't help but think about the way that mom embraces that baby. And that mom forgives that baby for anything that baby does. The baby does number one, mom forgives her. Baby does number two, the mom forgives her. The baby does number three, mom calls the police. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. But it's, there's such a display that God caresses us and God embraces us and God loves us. And we're made after the pattern of God. So when we feel that love and that tender mercy applying to, towards others, that's what God does for us. And There's nothing like that. And then it says, he satisfied thy mouth. And I ask a question, what are you eating? Are you eating the cares of the world? Are you eating doubt, discouragement? Are you, are, are you eating negativity? Are you tasting and seeing that the things of God are good, that the Bible is full of so many great things, and when you when he satisfies your mouth, your strength is renewed like the eagle? Obviously, you don't want me to get on the eagle this morning, but there's something about that eagle when he strips all that junk off of him, all those feathers, all, those, all that things that, that was tired and wore out, and waits for the Lord. God begins to allow those feathers to grow back stronger, the beak stronger, the talons stronger, and that day he flies higher and faster than he's ever flown that's what God does to us he restores and he renews our strength um October 28th write that down put it on your refrigerator put it put it put it put it October 28th I will turn 62 and I told Gene I said Gene I said October 28th I'll turn 62 he said how do you feel I said 62 (laughs) I said I said I think all the things of the of the past are kind of catching up with me. And when I get up in the morning, you think I'm drunk the way that I'm. But you know what? Everything eventually works and kicks into place, and I can kind of can kind of operate all the things that God does. When we look at the, the goodness of God, the mercies of God, David said in Psalms 100 to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing, know that he is the Lord God. He has ordained us. We are the sheep of His pastor, and that's why we have the ability to praise and worship him. Noise spelled backwards is Zion. And the psalmist said, how shall we sing the songs of Zion? I have learned. And if you'll st- get in between Angel and Austin, you'll hear disharmony in a perfect. Uh, nobody's ever perfected disharmony better than Angel. and But you know what? They do it with all their heart, with all their might, with all their spirit. And if you walk by the sound booth, it sounds like a noise. But to God, it is a joyful sound to jubilee that my children are doing what I actually called them to do. Is that not a good feeling? Is that not Does that bless anybody in the house? I want you to go with me to 2 Chronicles 20. And there is a famous passage of Scripture in 2 Chronicles 20 that says, Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe also his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Let me tell you about 2 Chronicles 20. This is not a really good day for the people of God. They're under attack. They've been told that there are two enemies approaching them. And then as they get prepared for battle, they're told that there's another enemy that doesn't have a name that's approaching them under attack. So they've got enemies coming in three different directions. Let me find this passage of Scripture. That I felt like the Lord gave me some time ago. And if you're Bill with me. I'll go to 2nd Chronicles 20 real quick. Look at your neighbor and give me a break. Look at your other neighbor and say. We are in for it today. This This is the observation. This is the proclamation. This is the statement. That I want to bring to your attention this morning. When you're under attack. And when you're going through a battle, however insignificant or however important, there is an outline in the Word of God that shows us how to pray and ask God for things. And as you look at the Lord's Prayer, He doesn't just start off asking God for things. He honors God who He is. Hallowed be Thy name. Notice, if you will go with me to verse 5. And let me go, go and give you the meat before I read the, the text. In the next few verses, you're going you're to see Jehoshaphat is going to ask God five questions. And the answer to all five of these questions is yes. O oh Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Look at your neighbor and say yes. And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Look at somebody and say yes. yes. And in your power, in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Look at somebody and say yes. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? That's another yes. And they that dwell built your sanctuary. In your name saying, if disaster comes upon us, you can read that, the promises of the Lord. But there's a there's a passage of Scripture, let me make sure I read the right, verse 22. As Jehoshaphat leads the people in prayer, a psalmist begins to sing, and he sings that prophetic song, believe your God, you'll be established, believe this prophets, you'll prosper. Listen, when you're under attack three different directions, and you're barely holding on for your life, and it looks like there are thousands against you, and you're going to die You're not thinking a whole lot about prosperity. You're not thinking a whole lot about extra. You're not thinking about blessing. You're thinking about your life is about to end. But look, if you you will, in verse, I believe it was 22, that I want to bring to your attention. It is. Watch this. They're under attack. They've asked God five questions that end with yes. Yes. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come up against Judah, and they were defeated. The soldiers never drew back a bow; they never un- 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 whatever that is when you take they never, they never took their sword out of their scabbard; they never took their shield. All they did was praise and worship God and God brought confusion to the camp of the enemy that everybody turned against one another, and they all killed themselves. That just shows you how stupid things are that come against us when we are the people of God, bought by His blood, named, filled with the Spirit, walking in His word and His honor. That shows you how stupid the enemy is when he brings attack against you because here's what it said. Remember, in the Old Testament, there were no safes, There were no banks. Nobody trusted anybody, and they took their wealth with them to battle. So they've got all of their gold, all of their jewelry, all their fine linen, all of their assets are with them. They all kill each other, and the Bible says it took the Israelites three days to gather up the spoil that had been left in that battle. Can you imagine being a part of that? reaping the gold rings and the, the necklaces and all the fine, everything about that. They were under attack. God didn't just bring them out, but he blessed them for their trouble. Maybe it's time for us to realize that what we're going through, God's about to take us out he's about to bless us for our trouble. Last Sunday morning, Gene shared his testimony, and as he was sharing his testimony, I was just, I was just praying for the business because the week before, Business was slow. There really wasn't a lot of work to do, and God provided a job for Gene and Aaron, and we went and did a job. Um, But Sunday night, I prayed for the business, and here's what I prayed. I said, Lord, in the morning, before the business ever opens, let there be three cars waiting to be serviced. And so later in the afternoon, I was talking with Gene, and I said, Gene, I said, man, you guys got all, there's like eight cars there. Is that right, Gene, about eight cars at that particular time? And I said, "What that was, uh," he said, that was, he said, that was crazy. I said, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I prayed. I told him when I prayed, his eyes got about as big as saucers. And he said, Pastor, Jesus, the truth, when we got to work, there were three cars waiting to be serviced. That's not because I'm all that great or I'm all that wonderful. But I have learned the plan of God to remind God of how he's blessed us and how he's touched us. And, Lord, we just believe you're going to do it again. Amen. If you look at John 14 and 12, here's what it says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall ye do also. And greater works than these shall ye do, because I go to my Father. And, Steve, this is a very controversial scripture. Jesus saying, if you believe in me, the same things that I did. You're going to do, and you're going to do even greater works than I did. That's a little confusing. Well, how could we do something greater than Jesus? Heal the sick, raise the dead, walked on the water, turned five loaves and two fishes into a plethora of food to feed the multitude. What possibly could be greater than that? Well, one scholar said, well, we have churches in every country of the world. That's greater. Well, we have Millions of Christians that are praying the things of God, that's greater. And those are all good answers, but I don't believe it's the answer. In the 1600s, the king of England, King James, had a personal relationship with God. He hired linguists and scholars to translate the Bible from Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and Latin into what's called the old King James language. These linguists were hired by the king to make the scripture grammatically correct, In order to make it grammatically correct, there were words added and there were words removed. In the original text, it doesn't say greater things shall ye do because I go to my father. It says this. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And because I go to my father, ye shall do greater. Well, let me ask you a question. What's greater than raising the dead? What's greater than healing the sick? What's greater than feeding a multitude? what, What could possibly be greater? The secret there is in the text. He said, because I go to my Father. On Calvary, when Jesus said, it is finished, let me tell you what happened. God rocked the world. A confirming earthquake that struck Jerusalem, struck the temple, And the veil that separated God from man, from Aaron to Caiaphas, only 47 men total. Ever walked beyond the veil, stepped in the presence of God, felt his glory, heard his voice, worshiped there with him, only 47 men in thousands of years. But when the veil was rent from the top to the bottom, do you know today what I can do, what men couldn't do 2,000 years ago? Because of Calvary, I can go beyond the veil. I can step into the presence of God. I can feel his love. I can hear his voice. I can hear his plan for my life. What's greater than works? Worship. What's greater than power? Praise. and God has given us that incredible ability to go beyond the veil, to step into His presence any time we want, any time of day, any day of the week, any, any opportunity in our life, we can go in the presence. That should excite at least three in this building that God has given us that ability to do that. If you'll go with me to Job 36, and I will conclude with this truth. Job is right before Psalm 36 is right before 37. You should have found it. There is just a little, little history here. Most of you know Job has gone through an horrific battle, a test, where the devil himself, not a spirit, but the devil himself, was trying to prove to God that if God took Job's blessings, that Job would curse God. His wife said, Job, curse God and die, and everybody gets on her case, but you know what? You stand before 10 caskets and bury 10 children, I wonder what words would come out of our mouth, and Job said, no, though he slay me, I'm going to trust him, and as God begins to turn things around in Job's life, the scholars say that Job had three friends, that's not accurate. There were four friends. There was a fourth young man that said, I'm younger. So I've been honoring my elders and letting them speak. But to be honest with you, what I've heard from my elders is not lining up. And so allow me in my youth to say what I feel God is saying to Job. And Elihu takes off and he shares a powerful discourse. And explain some things going on. This is a this is probably a teenager. This is a maybe Christine or or uh, Bailey's a, I mean I mean just a, just a just a young man. And he begins to share these words of truth and then we come to verse 26 of chapter 36. Behold God is great and we know him not and neither can the number of his years be searched out. Are you there with me? For he draws up drops of water, which distill still as rain from the midst. When the clouds pour down and pour abundantly on man. Indeed, can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? In just a few minutes, I want to give you a, a little science lesson. And if I were to take this microphone and walk up to you and ask you, do you know how rain works? Hopefully... Most of you you could say the sun, S-U-N, draws up vapors from lakes, rivers, streams, oceans, and these vapors rise up. And as they rise up, they cool and they form clouds. And God allows that moisture from the clouds to fall down upon man. If nothing went up, nothing would have ever come down. Had the sun not attracted... How many have ever been out on the lake in a hot day and you've seen the vapors on the water and you've seen the... And that's the way that rain works. And here's the lesson that God is trying to give us today. When I drop my hand, I want everyone in this section at the top of their voice screaming like a, 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 a maniac. I want you to say glory. Okay? This section here when I drop my hand, I want you to say hallelujah. And this section I want you to say Amen. Now, what's this section going to say? It's a little weak. What's this section going to say? What's this section going to say? On the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's do it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. Now, where'd that go? In the carpet in the padded chair no it went up as vapors of praise to the sun s o n and as our praise and worship goes up the clouds the glory clouds of god begin to fill with benefits and god begins because you built a cloud because you praise him because you ask him questions that only ended with yes God's going to let it rain, and it's going to rain. The latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain. He's going to bring blessing and favor and honor, because you bragged on him. He will brag on you. Give him a hand clap of appreciation in this place. One of my growing up, my my um, my probably teenage years. One of my favorite uh, bands growing up was the Imperials, and I love Russ Taff. I. I felt Rustaff was so unique, had such a unique voice. But that was a song that Rustaf made popper that goes a lot like this. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams. And your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes. Don't let the how's it go? Don't let the urge within you help me seem to disappear, and then what? And Help me, honey, I mean, we've sang that to each other before. What's that all about? And, if you, and you feel the urge within you. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. What does it say then? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For our God inhabits praise. For those chains that seem to bind you Serve only to remind you they drop powerless behind you when you praise Him. You need a miracle? Build a cloud. You need a healing? Build a cloud. You need to hear from God? Build a cloud. You need a job? Build a cloud. You need anything in your life for good? Build a cloud. And as you become on, go ahead. Help me build a cloud in this house. Let Him hear, down here in Cleveland, Tennessee, Church of the Harvest. Let Him hear, a voice of praise and a voice. Of worship that's all I have for you that's what I felt like you need to know that when you come and and this obviously is a standard of this house that when we together begin to praise the Lord it's horizontal and that horizontal plane will take us vertical and when our praise will transition into worship and then when you begin to worship that worship goes in the presence of God and it gets the attention of God. Hey, they found it. Huh? Keith, did you find in that? Turn up, let's just play a little bit. Have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme, and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Restoration of marriage. Thank you for jobs that are a good job. Thank you for friends and family that love me just the way that I am. Thank you for my children. Thank you for the ability to walk and talk and live my life. Listen to the second verse. He's a liar. He messes with your mind. And he wants to make us think that we are part When he knows himself, we're children you of You feel like a child of God today. So lift up the mighty shield of faith, for the battle must be won. We know that Jesus Christ is risen, so the works are. Come on, sing it with me, this house. Hallelujah. Your word. You are Almighty God. 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 You are in control. I surrender my life to you. I trust you. You're a good, good Father. You're a good good Father. I am no longer a slave to drugs or alcohol or doubt or confusion, depression, pornography. I am cleaned by the blood of Jesus. Of Jesus. Play it one more time. Sing it with me in this house. He could work the Lord to raise him. Praise. Him. Praise him. appreciation. You may be seated. Your praise makes a difference. Special prayers for Chris and Susan who will be going on a journey Tuesday. Okay, we'll start thanking him early for your your journey. Um, We thank God for what he's saying and doing. would really like for you to be in prayer with me about the food pantry. Uh, For years we've given away hundreds, thousands of pounds of food, hundreds, maybe thousands of pieces of clothing. We want to do something a little different this time. When they draw through the, when they drive through the line to get food, we have a board that's posted all the available jobs and gets someone to stay on top of that. And then we're going to give them a CD or DVD of encouragement. I'm going to do a session on encouragement just for them. And uh, no matter how bad they think they're off, no matter where they're at, we're just going to let them know that God is in control. And then we're going to let them know that we're going to provide transportation if they would like to come to church on Sunday morning. Uh, if, have, if they have no way to church, we want to go to get them. Uh, if God is laying upon your heart to drive a van, if God is laying upon your heart to intercede in prayer, this would be a good, a good opportunity for you to do that. As Pastor Rhonda mentioned, uh, last Sunday morning we touched the family that were sleeping in their car. The reason I know they were sleeping in their car, because I came to church Monday about 9 and they were asleep in their car, and uh, you know I don't I don't know. We, I was talking with Al earlier. I don't know if they're angels. We never know. Uh, the Bible says, "Be careful how you entertain strangers, for you could be entertaining heavenly host angels." And there there's been some times when I felt like I gave to an angel, and uh, but but the church doesn't really have the ability to give away a large amount of money. That's not that's not really what God has called us to do. God has called to Point them in the direction of where we can help them and we can bless them. And there was a young man this week that really needed a bus ticket. And we weren't able. We just weren't able to help. It just wasn't there. The Bible says communicate to the house of faith first. So the responsibility of the shepherd is to meet the needs of this congregation. And I will not be giving money or food away to people knowing in our congregation there are those that need just a little extra boost, a little extra help. Your offerings allow us to do that this week. We probably spent about five hundred dollars on ceiling tiles and paint. I think the tarp that Pastor Todd put on the building was $120. So we really spent money that we weren't into. But we made it right. There's a doctor's franchise that this week will be looking at this building. Very good possibility. They may decide to buy it. So we just wanted to spruce it up a little bit. This next week we'll be running a weed eater, be pulling some weeds. We're gonna fix our water line. I think that's gonna happen this next week. So Expenses that uh, we're going to have to spend to make this right, to make this building presentable. And uh, don't you love all the tiles? And they they do such a great work, and you can't see what Todd did, but uh, God sees and God knows. I want to give you a chance to sow in the kingdom. If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand. And uh, our handsome usher and minister of ministries, Pastor Todd, is so good, so faithful, so consistent. So, where's he taking you on your birthday? Hey, swing by Jay Alexander on the way home and get me a piece of carrot cake. Then that'll be a, an awesome birthday. We love you. We love you with the love of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, allow you to be a light in a dark place. May he bless everything you touch. May your dreams be in color. And may the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart be acceptable in his sight. We love you. Hug a neck, shake a hand. Bless somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them on this beautiful Sunday morning. Remember this week, build a cloud.